Let's be honest. How many times have you chalked up a relationship ending to bad timing? For hosts Nancy and PJ Heslin, the answer is a lot. It took living separately in Canada, the U.S., and France, two divorces, and 20 years for timing to work out. And when it finally did in the south of France, the couple discovered they had two different versions of their love story. We all do, right? But what if your side is not the whole story, and you have the journals to prove it? Keep listening to Nancy and PJ Finally Get Together, a podcast on love, relationships, and two lives in between. This episode is brought to you by the Podcast Services Division at Lifestuff Media. Having your own podcast allows you to creatively reach all types of audiences, from clients to prospects, to your most loyal membership base. And by utilizing studio affiliates located around the world, coupled with quality remote recording capabilities, Lifestuff Media makes having a corporate podcast easier than ever before. Contact us for a no-obligation consultation at info at lifestuff.com or visit lifestuff.com to learn more. Welcome to episode 11 of Nancy and PJ Finally Get Together. I am Nancy Heslin. And I'm PJ Heslin. What are you laughing at? <laughs> we haven't even started. Every time we started, it's always like, what? how does this thing work? It's actually one of the things I like about podcasts is that there's no rules or regulations. It's not like a television show where you have to begin with the jingle there pj and nancy what a wacky carefree couple it's always different i actually think that would be better than what we're (laughs) what we're producing anyway this episode is all about does a relationship need to be fed and before we dive into that one a listener asked me about the last episode where we were talking about our training and swim running and she said if you guys are training together why would you be rolling your eyes at each other it's so easy so easy and even through uh, even through goggles it's yeah. so easy and you know what example came to mind for me peach was we were training for otillo thousand lakes and it was the summer i think of 2017 I know what and you're it say. was cherry season mm, do you like I cherries PJs? yes pj has a strong relationship with cherries and he started eating them it afternoon, evening, and kind of looked at him and said, you know, you might want to just take it easy on those because we're getting up really early to train tomorrow, like I think 5 a.m. And as soon as you say something like that, that triggers my mom response, which is like, oh, I'm going to eat them. Yeah, I'm going to eat them. I'm going to eat all the cherries. Just watch me. And you did. I think you ate the whole uh, carton of them. (laughs) So of course- uh, I showed you. You showed me and you were like, look, nothing's wrong with me, lady. So then we get up the next morning and we had the same um, start uh, for our training on the on the Sundays. So we would run along the promenade to the end, which was about, I think, uh, we do a two-kilometer run before we got into, the, got into the sea. And for those who don't know what swim run is, you're, you're, you have to run together, you have to train together. You don't have to, but it's good practice for the actual race that you're in the same pace, in the same, doing the same thing. Well, so, yeah, but you train together because yeah. the race, you are a, a team. Yes, you have uh, to stay within, what is it, 10, ten, yeah, 10, 10 meters? meters? But I think that um, they did introduce a solo competition, mm. but most people do train together. And it's, it is a lot of fun. But that particular morning, we set out and we did our two-kilometer run to the one end of the promenade. And then, of course, <laughs> I look behind and PJ starts to trail and lag. And I'm like, what's... Thunder what's, guts. 
what's going on? And, yeah. and when you know someone really well, you don't actually have to have the words to say, I need a toilet. It was just that I could tell he had that sort of panic in his eyes that it was time and he had to find somewhere really quickly to go. And I was so annoyed because I had sent him the day before, the night before, don't eat all the cherries. I rolled my eyes a lot and I just kept going. I didn't wait for him to do his thing. I said, try to find me on the prom, but I'm going to start swimming. And I found a toilet. So that was, uh, that was one of my examples of why I roll my eyes while we train together. My example of eye rolling is, so <laughs> you do this a lot. It's not just swim running, but you'll, there'll, there'll be a decision we have to make. And one of the things I think that makes our relationship work is that you're the decision maker. I'm the passenger, you're the driver. It works well. And, it's, and also, 95% of the stuff that we do, I don't care. Whether it's choice A or B, I don't care. It's fine. It's cool. Either one is with. So you'll do this. You'll be like, okay, so this day, do you want to start going, like, we go west or we go east along the problem? I'm like, I don't care. It's, it's fine. We're just, we're, it's a beautiful day. We're up. It's a, whatever you want to do. No, no, no. It's your decision today. Okay, well, let's go west. Well, I was thinking we should go east instead. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you asking me? Do I do that? Oh, my God. <laughs> and you do it with, like, everything. Like, every, it's, I don't know, like a kitchen thing. Like, okay, here, should we buy the Cuisinart or the uh, Mixmaster? Either one, they both look great. I've, you sent me the stuff. I've looked at all the options. Either one's fine with me. No, we'll make up a decision. Okay, well, that, how about the Cuisinart? No, we're going to go with the Mixmate. Okay, cool. No problem. <laughs> In my head, I'm just like, why did you ask? Why did you ask? Why do I ask? I don't know. I guess you honestly want my opinion. And that's very sweet. But it's like, and, and like I said, 95% of the stuff we do, I'm fine with you making decisions. The only time that I think I have the better decision-making capabilities is when we move. Like putting stuff into a van, I'm like, nope. This is how it should go. And you're like, no, 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 take this. And then we try it your way and it doesn't work. And then I, in my head, I go, I'm right. But it's funny because there are times where I ask your opinion and I. You ask it all the time, which is wonderful. Because I get tired of making decisions all the time. (laughs) It exhausts me. So it's sort of like, oh, please help. So when you ask me, and even though we do what you want to do, do you think like, oh yeah, he made a decision? Or are you just like, why do I even bother asking him? I guess I think when you answer, you haven't given it much thought (laughs) or you're not giving it the thought that I want you to give. So I just make that decision. I think I'm better though. I mean, if I look back to even the training that, uh, you know, that training for thousand legs and those early years of swim run, I have really, I used to be so set and everything had to be Mm. very precise. You know, the distances had to be exact. We had to do it this way. We had to start at this time. I think I'm slightly more relaxed. Yes, you're much more Relaxed and laid back, yeah. Um, this isn't really an eye-rolling situation, but it does come to mind um, when we talk about these things. But do you remember when we were doing French kickboxing for a yes. couple of years together? Yes. So we did that two nights a week, and it was great because PJ uh, used to box in LA, and so he introduced me to this sport, which terrified me, to be quite honest. But yeah, because you're getting kicked in the head. Yeah, I'm not used to by strangers people punching me in the face. Yeah, but- and if you've never been involved in a combat sport it's just very natural if you get punched in the face or kicked in the head your, your immediate your first response is why would you do that to me yeah. that was my when i started doing all that stuff that was yeah that was my first reaction I was like why would they, 
we're friends. Like we just, we were just chatting. Why is he hitting me in the head? Well, so this is why this is one of my favorite PJ food stories is because we ended up doing this training and I actually really enjoyed it. Cause again, it was something that we did together and in the, we did it two nights a week down by the uh, Jean Gouin Olympic uh, pool yep. in Nice. And the trainer and his, his wife, they, they were amazing. Really nice couple. Great, great couple. And you, we could spar together and, and learn how to box together. But the difficulty for me was I didn't really start doing sports till I was about 40. And PJ had always done sports. And I found it really difficult to do anything, to do any type of training or physical activity as the day went on. And especially at night, like these classes were at seven. Yeah. And for me, the issue was um, like eating and digestion and things like that. Whereas you noticed our previous story, PJ really just did what he wanted to do and kind of found the toilets when he needed, but I couldn't do that. So one night PJ came home from work and we were getting ready to go to the class. And I, for some reason, I don't know why I had, but I'd made a Magret de Canal or like a duck for him, which he really wanted. And I looked at it while I was making it and I thought, do you really want to eat this? Because, you know, we're going to, it's quite heavy and we're, we're going to, um, to go boxing. And no, no, no. And I literally, we had a really small like kitchen at the time, really small, like you turned around and you were out of the kitchen. So I put this like steaming hot plate uh, at the, in front of him and it was this, this duck. And I turned around to get something off the kitchen counter and PJ had already started eating. And to be fair, he usually waits for me, you know, we sit down together, but he was really hungry, starts eating. And uh, like, this is seconds, right? Because I've just turned around and all of a sudden I can hear this and I don't know what's going on. And I turn and I look and I'm sorry to laugh, but he's choking, like really choking. And he gets up and he kind of, he gave yourself the <laughs> kind of self heimlich right? yes. And then he just pukes this like hot, steamy plate of duck right onto the floor, like onto the floor and there's steam rising. And I'm like, you know, I can't even react because he is choking. I'm afraid he's going to die. He pukes. And as I'm going back to that kitchen counter to get the paper towel to clean up the piping hot duck, he's sitting back at the table eating. I did clean it up before I went no, back. No, I, I cleaned it up. thought I cleaned it no, up. No, you were eating already. Uh, but, you know, PJ does quite love his food. And we did go to boxing. And you had a lot of energy. Yes. Well, if it ties in well to the theme of today, because today is all about food and eating and our relationships with those things. Can you eat your relationship? Yes. And let's see. So when this is now 1994 in the spring, and you know, we, we said last time we had both been living on our own, and it was really hard living on your own for different reasons. But for me, I had gained a lot of weight when I went to France and had come back. And I, I was really, I think, what you would call yo-yo weight, like yo-yo diet. I was always getting quite big and then... But every day I thought about my weight. And when you live alone and you're not in a relationship, that becomes a bigger issue. And I started getting really um, quite freaked out about my weight and, and, and things like that. And I didn't do sports. But did you, because you were doing, you were in the world of entertainment and stand-up, like, and obviously you had quite a healthy ego. Did you ever worry about the way you looked? Yeah, and not because of the, you know, being in entertainment or anything like that, but my, I would say from even starting in high school, I mean, you think that, oh yeah, BJ doesn't care. He's so confident. But when it comes to my weight, I would say only 60% of the time, I actually feel good about my weight. No. <laughs> like, oh yes. Yeah. I, mean, I would even say 
maybe only 40% of the time I actually feel good about my weight. Like Are you talking about even when you were younger? I'm talking about high school, yeah. And one of the reasons was started in high school is because I, I was playing football and I'm not fast at all. Like, I'm, as you know, I'm not fast at all. I mean, the, oh, I know. the guys on my football team, the guys who were like the running backs, the quick guys, the quarterbacks, they could run faster backwards than I could run forwards. And it was like the joke of the team, like pestilence. Out. So, so my only uh, advantage was being sort of a big guy. And my coach would just say, you just be bigger. So that's literally when I played football, I would just eat ice cream and sandwiches. Like I would eat, and I've always had a healthy appetite, but I would even eat more so and just lift weights. So like high school playing football in my senior year, I think it was about 220 pounds. What? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I was big. And it wasn't like big fat big it was like big but a lot of it wasn't muscle a lot of it was ice cream so you know and i played a defensive position so that's what you need you you have to be oh an offensive line as well so i played both those positions and the positions that i played you basically needed to be a person that could not be moved you know so that's what i and then after football season, like my friends started joking, like, hey, hey, Tubby. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? And that wasn't until like I would, because you're gradually getting it. And then all of a sudden you'd see pictures of yourself and you'd be like, oh my God. <laughs> like, quite. So yeah, it was starting then. And you'd kind of like, I mean, just as you get older as well, you know, it's, it's harder to lose weight. And, but, but I don't remember when we met, well, you were training for an Ironman when we met, but I don't remember you being ever being, Big and I think one of the when I read the journals and I prep for the show, one of the things that's really difficult for me is that as I was getting larger and sort of becoming obsessed with my weight and losing control of that, the visits that we had, you know, every couple months, you looked better and better as you went into the world yeah. of entertainment. Oh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> but even like I don't remember, I don't ever remember you being a big guy. Uh, big fat or yeah. big, big, big. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't ever remember. I would never have guessed that you had a weight issue. Yeah. Or yeah, I don't even, even, even the, even what you're describing even from during, football. At that point, like, I wouldn't say it was, you know, I'd have an eating disorder. It was obsessive or whatever, but you'd or I'd always be constantly like, you know, put on a pair of pants and like, Ooh, a little snug. Uh, <laughs> one time during the period you're talking about, I remember one time I was dating this girl and she said, what, what, wait, what? I was dating this girl and she said, <laughs> now this is a person who would obviously see me shirtless said uh you know if you only worked out every now and then you'd have a really great body she did not yes it's like now fortunately i had enough i and do have enough of an ego that i was like yeah whatever <laughs> good for you you don't like it move on but but yeah i was kind of like oh okay <laughs> that's not very nice give people an idea of how much you love food let's oh. let's give an example of say thanksgiving Here, oh the thanksgiving story okay so this was pre this this was in high school <laughs> so and all really, my you're really making yourself laugh today Paige. <laughs> because it's so ridiculous it's like a it's like a dog with an open bag of kibble like he just won't stop eating then he'll puke then he'll keep eating and then he'll eat the puke and he'll keep eating that's how ridiculous. So yeah, this was high school. And my camp friends will remember this. Started off, I have uh, Thanksgiving dinner with my family. Then uh, one of my friends, 
went to see, pick up one of my friends. We we're going to go into Toronto. So I went over to his house. He's just finishing dinner. So I have a Thanksgiving dinner with them. <laughs> and then we go to see another friend. Uh, same thing. They're just having dessert. I have a little bit of turkey. And then I have the dessert with them. Then we go to this bar in Toronto. And it was, it was a bar where you could get food. And so it's, I don't know, it's like midnight or so, something like that. And I'm kind of, I'm a little peckish. And I thought, you know, I could really go for some fries. You couldn't order fries, but you could order the burger platter with fries. <laughs> so I eat a burger. And when I say a platter, it's literally a platter. It's a platter with a burger on it and fries. Eat that. <laughs> and I was so full that I, I became sick. So I'm outside of this bar at like one o'clock in the morning and I'm being sick and people are walking by and I'm trying to explain, I'm not drunk, I'm just too full. <laughs> and my friends are just laughing at me because it's like, look at this idiot. He's eating like a golden lab retriever and just trying to explain people that he's not drunk. He's just a glutton. Like, whoa, that's better. Oh, you're just a pig, not a drunk. Good for you, buddy. Keep going. So pizza pizza's open around the corner after you're done. Go get them, champ. Not much has changed then, really. <laughs> no. At least now I know not to eat until I puke. Yeah. And so in, in when you were doing entertainment at that time, you would have been 28, like nobody- 27, 28, yeah. Nobody said, that. there was no agent or casting director that was like, you know, you'd be great, just lose some weight. You were, I thought no, you looked really like good I, at that time. But yeah, I was always physically active. So I wasn't, even though, even back then I was around about, probably 200 ish pounds i wasn't it wasn't football 200 pounds it was running being active you know that sort of stuff uh swimming i was swimming a lot at that time as well but do you think you had like a healthy relationship with food i think because so. you love like you have a lot of pleasure when you eat <laughs> food and i love each other <laughs> i mean my theory of food is it's the it's the one thing in life that gives you a lot of pleasure that you're supposed to do and you know unless you are a glutton or unless you have an eating disorder it's something that you're allowed to do it you know but your body actually needs your body needs to do it yeah it's not like uh drinking or smoking or anything else that like oh this is great but it's like bad for you it's the one thing you can do that and also i associate it with because we had such a big family and dinner was so important. Like you had to sit down at the table. There was no television on. Uh, back then there was no devices, so you don't have to worry about that. But we would sit down, we'd all talk. And my mom would go around the table. Okay, what, what, how was your day today? What'd you do? What'd you do? So I associate it with like good times, happiness. Um, yeah, a social event. So like what you were saying, living on your own. Whenever I live on my own, I, I don't eat well at all I, I it's it's basic eating you know it's like boil some pasta put some canned sauce on it um but when i'm living with somebody it's like oh meal time good time well the thing is is i have the same like memories of growing up like we always sat around the table and you know there was i had older brothers and sisters so when they were around but you know every night a uh, school night you know my dad came home from work we sat around we talked I don't have the same, I do now, but I didn't have the same sort of connection and the pleasure with eating. And as a 24-year-old, I really struggled with my weight, except for you. I think I've said this before, like people that I dated would comment on my weight and it became a bigger issue for me. But when living on my own, 
I had nothing else to do but to look at old photographs. And the guy from PEI was, he had finally called me, but he actually made no excuse as to why he hadn't called for eight months. But he called and said, oh, I'm thinking of coming in April. I was like, okay, well, that's fine. But, you know, I'd spent all that time beating myself up. And I looked at it in today's time, if I had been living like that, and I had social media, and I was looking at the lives of my friends and people like that, it would have been a much more brutal time with myself. All I did was look at photos of some of the experiences I had and thought, oh, like I looked good then in my weight and I looked, you know, I feel fat now. That, that very simple sort of relationship with food. And also, you know, I think for most women my age growing up, we actually just struggled with weight. It wasn't, or maybe I, I don't know, like I say that I'm cute at best. I was never like, a, I'm not a really beautiful woman. I and, disagree. You're beautiful. <laughs> no, but I, Gorgeous. I understood that, that this is who I am. I, I, and I mean it in that I never looked at my photos and wanted to change my nose. Or I think the one thing I tried to do was that I was quite heavily endowed on top and I had no bum. So I'd sleep on my, <laughs> my chest and try to like push it into my bum. But I think that was like the <laughs> most I ever works. did. That's how it works. Yeah. That's how science works. No, but it was easier then, right? You know, today everybody is obsessed with perfection. Mm. Then it was just something about your weight. And I really struggled. And I struggled with binging. I struggled with not eating. I would buy cabbage and just eat cabbage. I also didn't have a lot of money in the jobs that I was making. So it wasn't like my, like you, Paige, like you were saying, when you're living on your own. It's not like you stock your fridge with all the ingredients to make great meals. Yeah. And also at that time, doing uh, stand up, you'd usually get free food or half price food at the any club you're working at. So that, that was your meal. You know, if you're working four nights out of the week or three nights out of the week, you say, oh, that's my dinner. I'll just go down to the club. And yeah, even the off nights, you were, if you weren't at, the, at some club or bar that had food, I was always going out. So was, I just had a memory of... <laughs> so remember back then in the 90s, there was a... That started the whole, like, um, the, it wasn't the fasting, but you would only consume... It was like hot water and honey and cayenne pepper. What was that called? That, that diet. And you do it for like six days. Ridiculous? Ridiculous, yes. Do you remember? Do you know what I'm talking about? I have was no it, idea. I, I mean, was I was the, living in the middle of nowhere. So I can't remember if they called it fasting or... It Are was, you sure that was, was in like the 90s? A, I think it was called the detox thing. And I remember one of my roommates was doing that. And so she was doing it for, for three days or something like that. And I would like, I'd say, okay, I'm going to do it as well. And then, of course, I'd go, you know, some bar where I was doing stand up. I'd be like, okay, I'm still doing it. But, you know, I think if this calamari platter, I think that's okay. Cause it's, uh, <laughs> I've been doing it all day. I've been great. But now I just need this calamari platter. And then that, that's like kind of, I won't, that's good. I'm okay. Now that you say that, that's a particular spring, I was actually flying out to Calgary to visit my brother who had just moved out there. And I can't remember what nonprofit it was, but they were promoting this like fast for 24 hours mm. and get people to sponsor you. And yeah. Whatever. It was like a real fad back then. Well, I did it, but then I, those 24 hours, it was the same thing. Like I thought about food every second of those 24 hours and tried not to eat. And I think I broke down. And just before getting on that flight to Calgary, I ate an egg salad sandwich. Cause I remember that on having had, yeah. Right. And at, they didn't kick you off. No, but not yet. Well, then it all, everything just went right through me and I was stuck on that plane. And anyway, nobody needs to hear that. I was obsessed about the future. So I was thinking, well, when the guy from PEI comes, I have to be like a certain weight because people are going to think I'm fat. Or when I was going to go see PJ, because I saw him every maybe couple months when I had school holidays, I go back to Toronto. 
you know, I was always thinking, okay, well then I'll look good because I didn't exercise. And it was like, when you see those ads for a gym that says, you know, abs of steel in three months. And so you're like, okay, well I'll sign up for that gym membership. And in three months I'll be like perfectly, you know, in good shape. And it just never worked like that. And I got really down on my weight and I became quite depressed. And the words that like pop up during those few months were really like loser, ugly duckling, you know, I was calling myself fat. So, and I would comfort myself with, you know, more food and binging and and things like that. It was really getting out of control. And I had no one. I didn't really have, you know, all my relationships were a landline phone call away. I didn't have anyone or any friends like near me. And I, I had a really healthy life of relationships with friends and family, but it was all afar. And so I could really hide what was going on with with my weight and um, things like that. And it just happened that in the town I was living, I did have some fellow teachers that I was working with. And one of them really wasn't friendly to me. And she was always take. she was a really big girl. And she was always taking jabs at me. And um, it really started to, to weigh on my mind. So at this point, I'm feeling pretty down. It's the spring of 94. And as I said, PJ and I are seeing each other. We're calling each other. But every other time, I think it's over. And then I'd go see him and be like, oh, it's okay. The dreams, he started appearing more and more in my dreams. And I started having more connected thoughts to him, but I didn't know what to do with it. So I just ate. Let's see, uh, PJ, what happens in the diary. Okay. Reaching back to get the old journal. Oh, he's heavy. Okay, sorry. I'm just laughing at myself at that little character that I had that was called the heavy lifting guy. This is uh, April 15th, 1994. I happen to be feeling fat and unwanted. My weight slash size cannot be based on how I'm feeling that one week. Just as a sidebar, I would always feel that way as well. Not the unwanted part, but yeah, like it's, yeah, I know that you feel surprised about it, but like I said, a lot of times I'm like, oh, I'm so chunky. Like, you know, right now, like right now I'm going through that, right? You're saying this, are you reading, you're saying that you relate to what I'm writing in 1994? Of course. A 23-year-old girl? (laughs) Okay. You know inside that I'm a 23-year-old girl. Uh, sorry, uh, that one week. Uh, Maybe just try that from the top. All right, okay, let's go from the top again. Once more from the top with feeling, Aslan. Um, I happen to be feeling fat and wanted. My weight slash size cannot be based on how I'm feeling that one week. Instead of depriving myself and then binging, I can see I'm not perfect. I'm not that model body that I see myself in times of my own bliss. I'm never truly content unless I'm happy about myself and my body. It upset me the other day when I was planning a Thursday night out with a friend. Uh, She made a remark about Mirabelle coming with us and how no men would look at us because she was there. That's really not nice. She just made me feel like crap. The whole idea of rejection came to me. I use my weight as an excuse, something I can fall back on if things don't go right. But with PJ, my weight wasn't a problem. That is absolutely true because (laughs) just to always see this person i'm like oh i really want to kiss her uh i wish i could get a grip on my weight problem and not worry and it's like just to go back to this like i'm shocked that you would have a this weight problem because i just always looked at you as just like you're gorgeous like how can you anyway uh i wish i could get a grip on my weight problem and not worry if people think that i am fat uh, i finally broke down and called pj a couple of weeks ago I woke up wanting to hear his voice and just hang out with him. 
But upon calling him, I realized that yes, it's him. But it's not the person I want to hear. That PJ no longer exists. What? And never will again. Everything I miss about him, in quotes, I love about him, can never be found. That PJ really stopped existing in the summer of 92. How? What? I disagree. Anyway, how even though I wish we could still keep in contact, it's uh, so unreal for both of us. We're no longer the same, and it's not fair to invade each other's lives. It truly is over. Oof. Only you knew (laughs) that it was far from over. It truly is over. But I thank the Lord I had the chance to meet him as he changed the direction of my life. Sweet. I hope hope you mean it in a good way. (laughs) I trained a chicken in my life and made me believe in myself. That's true. I was always, always saying how smart and wonderful and terrific you were. And funny and beautiful. And still are. That's enough. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe to our podcast and share the link with friends. This podcast is a spinoff of our manuscript, Nancy and PJ Learn French. See nancyandpj.com for more on that. Thanks to Dustin, Alyssa, and Isaac at Life's Tough Media. In our next episode, Nancy's time as a teacher is coming to an end, but she's not ready to settle down in one place or into an office career. PJ, on the other hand, is trying to figure out how to balance financial success and entertainment with having fun. 